Luke chapter number 22 and verse number 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. Now that word desire in one sense is the same word for prayer. Satan prayed, if I could put it that way, that he could have Peter. That he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed. Ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus prays, everything going to be all right. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now this is going to be a little unusual tonight. When Satan makes his move, when Satan makes his move, let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices and let's say, oh God, I need a word tonight. Somebody go ahead and lift your voice. It's all right to make your supplications known. Father, by the authority of the name of Jesus, I believe with all my heart that God has given me direction here tonight. Pray for understanding, revelation in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Yesterday, I felt not really a heaviness. I'll call it a heaviness because I don't have another word for it, but. I told my wife about this yesterday that I felt just a strange sense in my spirit that we are so close to the end. Um, and I am not in any way, shape, or form trying to dramatize that or fabricate that. It was definitely a reality that none of us really really knows really how close we really are. This particular passage that I read from here tonight does not need a lot of introduction. Um, Peter is being forewarned by... Jesus, that Satan has desired to have access to you. He has made a unique individual request that he might have access to 
Peter. We definitely know that he not only had access to um, Judas, but he possessed Judas. The Bible says that after he left the table of the Last Supper that he entered into Judas and it was night. Um, so he already had he already had Judas in the bag, but he really wanted Peter. And what I hope to share with us here tonight is that there are times and seasons where this access is granted. Um, we need to understand, just as laying a little bit of a groundwork here tonight, that when Satan comes to a human being, it is not to bless them, but is to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus, um, at some part in his ministry, after it had already began and was already had momentum in his ministry, he said that Satan cometh but find nothing in me. And so I want to talk about some important things here tonight because it is a reality. Um, it is a reality that there is no escape from. Um, I think one of the things that's happening to the apostolic church in the, um, the social climate, um, our entire culture is just, is just falling into degradation and lawlessness and volatility all around us. And I think that the byproduct of that is there's a positive byproduct for the church in that we are increasingly coming to grips with the fact that it's, it's not a good world. Uh, I'm not anti-American. I love this nation. I still believe it's the greatest place to live um, on earth, even with the president that we have, even with transgenderism, even, even with all of the, the garbage that we have to put up with, I still believe that that documentation that holds this nation together is the greatest achievement ever of mankind. Why don't we just go ahead and clap our hands if you believe that. But I believe what's happening is, is things continue to dissipate and, and fall apart all, of around, all around us that you and I together as an apostolic group of people are becoming increasingly more aware of not just who we are. I think we're, we're doing okay on the identity part, but there, there is an increasing... Um, awareness of our functionality and our place in the world. And we'll talk more about that in another place, but it is an important realization. At some point in time past, Lucifer became Satan. 
I have a theological opinion, a hypothesis about this. Um, I will not bore you with that in its entirety, but I will just say that in the book of Job, it appears to be one of the scriptures that has that goes farther back. It has a, 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 a reach that goes into the past than many, 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 many other scriptures in the Bible that even talk about the foundations of the world. And that is in the book of Job when it says, in the day that thou laid the foundations, talking about the original creation of the worlds, the sons of God. Now, you'll see that terminology in the Old Testament, and it is not talking about regenerated humanity. In the New Testament, when it talks about sons of God, it is talking about us in the church of the living God. We are regenerated humanity. But in the Old Testament, it was always talking about the angelic realm. And the book of Job, chapter number 38, says that the sons of God shouted for glory. And what that means is, is that when they saw God's creative prowess, when he created the worlds and, and the universe and the material universe and, and the incredible heavenly bodies, that the angelic realm shouted for joy at seeing this incredible demonstration of God's omnipotence and his omniscience. It was an incredible thing. But at some point in time, and I believe that it was after, I cannot absolutely nail all this down like I can Acts chapter 2 and verse number 38, but I think that after God created man in his image and in his likeness and put him over the planet Earth to have dominion, I believe that that, that did something. I think that that resonated throughout the angelic realm. And, but nonetheless, at some point, Lucifer became Satan, and there were angels that became devils at some point which meant that there had to have been a degree of influence that Lucifer had over these angels. And I'm not going to go too far down the road with this because a lot of it would be theological hypothesis. But I want to at least get that out there for your consideration that the Bible talks about in the, in the book of Revelation, chapter number 12, that the great dragon with his tail drew a third of the stars. Now, most biblical expositors, regardless of denomination, have always said that that is referring to the fact that a third of the angelic realm fell with Lucifer. But they had to have been persuaded. At some point, Lucifer had to share, he had to get, he had to get his opinion out there that God is not good and God does not deserve to be the God of the universe because we see in the book of Isaiah that even Lucifer says, I will sit on the sides of the north and I will be like the most high. What a joke. What a joke. And I know that because in Revelation chapter number 20, when they get ready to put the devil in the bottomless pit, that it only takes one angel to wrap him with the chain. And let me just give you a little heads up. God gave you more power and more authority than Satan has. The problem is you don't know that. 
You don't know that. We try to vicariously live, live for God through our, through our organizational heroes instead of us understanding that who we are really in the kingdom of God is we are the ones that are really running the show here. Do you believe that tonight? I believe that for you tonight. I believe that you have more authority. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name and if you've been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, I believe that you've got more authority than God has given the devil. That is the whole challenge is that we would go to our heavenly father in times of trial and tribulation and God through us would give us more power than a fallen angel. Clap your hands and give him praise. It's in the book. In the Bible. Second Corinthians chapter number 11, verses 14 and 15 says this. I'm going to need Mr. Projector to stay awake and alive up there because we have a few scriptures to look at. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. He is able to appear to somebody by the name of Joseph Smith and tell him that there are gold tablets somewhere that have the secret to the world's secrets. I don't know why Joseph didn't go back to Galatians chapter 1 and see that if any man or any angel come preaching any other gospel, come on, somebody. That's an, e that's an easy one. Look at verse number 15. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, talking about demons and devils, also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their works. Now, the only reason why I reference those two scriptures is to reveal to us that Satan, as a fallen angel, is still able to impersonate He's still able to trick people. He is still able to beguile people. And we are dealing with an invisible world. It doesn't matter who you are. Nobody, nobody is, is, is safe from the supernatural world. Everybody is going to have some contact with the devil. My recommendation is that you stay in the church, not run from the church. Amen. Yeah, because there's some people say, there ain't no devil around, buddy, he's on your shoulder. That's why you ain't faithful. That's why you can't, oh, come on, somebody help me. Don't be blaming that on yourself. You don't really want to think it's that real, but ladies and gentlemen, it's that real. It is that real. That's why when you have an apostolic church that is preaching the right message of salvation, they are preaching the right message of separation, they are preaching the right message of holiness, they are preaching the right 
uh, worldview. They're preaching the right personal view of who I am in Christ. That church is going to stand out. You may not, it, it may not look that way to the world, but in the supernatural, that church sticks out. That church is on a city set on a hill. It, the lights are bright. It is a city of refuge. I'm glad I'm in the church of the living God. How about you? I'm glad I've got the truth. I'm glad I'm in a church that preaches the truth, believes the truth. In Jesus' name. The entirety of the human race is exposed to the influence of the devil in varying degrees. 1 John 5 and 19 says this, and we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. The whole world. The president, movie stars, Disney, Shirley Temple. It doesn't matter who it is. To varying degrees, the entire world lieth in wickedness. But our real concern tonight, what we really want to talk about, is what happens when somebody becomes a child of God, when an individual is, con is, is convinced that they need to repent of their sins, they need to be baptized in Jesus' name, and then they are filled with the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. What happens to that individual? I will tell you that for the very first time in your life and my life, we are now on the radar screen in the supernatural. Um, I remember just as a new convert years ago that everything was just going fine and all of a sudden I discovered that there was a real devil. I'll never forget this as long as I live. I was laying on the couch um, on an off night um, I was staying in a brother's apartment from the church, and I was um, laying on the couch. Um, he was gone, and I was there, and it was dark, and all of a sudden, a spirit of fear came on me, and the presence of the devil that used to run my life. There's people under this sound of my voice here tonight that you have experienced the exact same thing, that after you came to God, there was an experience where you came face to face with the spirit that used to rule your life, and I just like froze. It was like I was absolutely frozen, and finally it got so bad, the only thing I could do is go, Jesus, 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 and finally it broke and that spirit dissipated, but that spirit was trying to make me afraid. Subtle things used to happen to me, and I, I didn't know anything about the spirit world, but I just knew I was being resisted. There were people on the job that started to resist me. There were thoughts that began to resist me. There were circumstantial things that would just happen, and I thought, man, what is going on? I don't, I don't understand what's going on around here. While I was on drugs and while I was drinking myself into oblivion and before I was born again, the devil never bothered me. 
But once I got born again and I was zealous for the things of God, I became a threat to the kingdom of darkness. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but I really feel to say this right now. Don't allow yourself to negotiate with the devil by saying, I'm not going to witness. I'm not going to mess with anybody. I don't want any more headaches. I don't want you messing with my kids. You go ahead and be what God wants you to be. And don't tell me there's not people that do that. They broker this little deal that, and, and they say it within themselves, and, and the devil just, just, the devil, it's almost like you sign uh, an armistice with the enemy saying, all right, I'll stay over here, and I won't witness to anybody in the break room, and I won't, I won't talk about my, my testimony. I won't talk about Jesus. I want to tell you what, that is no way to be blessed. In fact, your blessings just came to a standstill. The reason why you're blessed is because you are a witness. You are a witness for eternity. You are a witness of going to heaven. You are, my God, if I knew what I know now and there was a witness on the job that wouldn't open his mouth, I'd shake him and say, do you want me to go to hell? What's the matter with you? Come on, clap your hands and give God the praise. There's somebody on the job waiting for you. And all kinds of little things were happening to me, and I didn't know what it was. But I started getting an education. What we need to comprehend tonight is that contact from Satan is real, but it is regulated. It is regulated. I want to talk about some things tonight. I want to go to 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 8. Be sober, and that means more than just put the bottle away. That means put the pornography away. That means put the social media where you shouldn't be talking to people that are unclean and filthy and you're living a double life. You're not sober. And when you end up backsliding, it is the evidence that something's been going on far beyond the prayer room and far beyond the altar and far. Come on, somebody help me out. It was a sobriety issue. Be sober and be vigilant. Vigilant means to be wide awake. You know, there's, there's, we need to be like a bunch of turkeys. Well, the Bible does say feed the flock. But if you've ever seen a turkey in the woods, this is why they're so hard to kill with a bow. Now, some of you hunters, you get these long-range guns, and you shoot them from a long distance, and that ain't really hunting. 
You try to get up close on a turkey, you are never going to get close to a turkey because they see everything. And the Bible says, be sober and be vigilant. It means to be wide awake. It means to be in tune. It means the minute that the devil shows up on your radar screen, you don't go with his program, but something says, I'm casting down imaginations and every thought and bringing it into the captivity. I'm telling you, we're living in a day and hour that you can't take this stuff easy. You can't just take it for granted that you were saved 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and everything's going to be okay in the 21st century. We're starting to stick out. The devil knows where we're at. We don't just have a huge presence online and on social media. The devil knows exactly where we're at. The devil knows we're trying to start something on South Hill. We're trying to start something in North Spokane. The devil says, we got we to gotta, we gotta fight back. We got to stop them. I'm here to tell you, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That is not pride. That is having an understanding and a revelation. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Be sober, be vigilant, because the enemy is looking at your weaknesses. The enemy is hearing your words. The enemy is seeing what you're doing when you're all by yourself, nobody's around. Is this all right tonight? If you can win, if you can live for God when there's nobody at home except you and the dog. Man, you guys need to pray for me. My dog doesn't even get excited when I'm the only one there. He sits there. He's glued to the door waiting for my wife to get home. and I'm trying to be nice. I pet him. But it's just me and the devil and the dog. The devil is listening to what comes out of your mouth and he's watching to what you're looking at. He's looking for a weakness. And the word picture here, this is an idiom, which means it is an illustration that is describing how the prides of lions hunt on the savannas of Africa when they follow the great migrations of animals that the wildebeest and, and the water buffalo and the kudu and the animals that migrate into their mating grounds. They, they move by the millions. The alligators know when they're on the move. And there are entire packs of hyenas and prides of lions that do nothing 
but follow that migration of animals. And what are they doing? They're waiting for a weakness. They're waiting for a straggler. They're waiting for, they're waiting for somebody to just hang back. When we're supposed to be here having church tonight, the devil is in somebody's living room saying, oh, you don't need to go tonight. Why don't we hop on the, uh, hop on the computer? Nobody's here to watch. What a, come on, somebody. I'm preaching here tonight. I, in this hour, you can't be blaming your wife. You can't be blaming your family. You can't be blaming your finances. It's time to take responsibility and know who you are in Jesus Christ. Seeking whom he may swallow. That means you lose your hope. That means you lose your faith. That means you almost lose your mind. When you become devoured, it means to swallow, overwhelm. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 12, verse number 43. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Next verse. Then he says, I will return into my house from whence I came out, and when he is come, he finds it empty. The devil that used to run your life or make your life miserable will come back. He will return. He will come back. Oh, pastor, this is really heavy. Are you sure we got to hear this on Wednesday? Uh-huh. You want to know why? Because next year, I want to look out there and still see you there. In six months, I want to look out there and still see you there. Don't be blaming it that somebody offended you. You didn't keep your spirit right, and you didn't keep your mind in check, and you didn't keep your heart pure. Come on, somebody, clap your hands and give God the, the praise. I plan on being here in five years. I plan on being here in 10 years. I plan on being here when the trumpet sounds for the rapture. Before, before they ever go through and begin to thin out the forest, they always send a crew in that look for particular trees and they mark them. And there's trees that are cut and there's trees that remain. And the devil will bide his time and he'll say, I've already, I got, you know, the devil's going to live forever. It's just that he's going to be in the lake of fire. And so he's got time. You got this little problem in your life? Ah, don't worry about it. You just let that problem just stay there. Pretty soon it becomes a habit. Pretty soon it becomes an obsession. Pretty soon you're dealing with degrees of possession. So he's looking for a weakness and he's looking to see what your, what your level is. 
When's the last time they prayed through? <clears throat> When's the last time they prayed in the altar? You don't think the devil's keeping score of all this? My brother and my sister, I have come into this house tonight as your friend. But I want to tell you, he's watching you. He's looking for a weakness and he's looking for how much you got in your tank. Well, the house is swept and it's garnished, which means it's cleaned out and it's prettied up. That's great for a church service. But what are you going to do when the lights turn out and you're just laying there and your brain's still working? You better have something deep on the inside of you that when the devil puts that thought that used to lead you to things that you're ashamed of, you can rise up and say, no, 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 no. Not tonight, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, never. Somebody clap your hands. Somebody lift your voice. I have come into this sanctuary tonight to let you know that you are the apple of God's eye, but you are the target of hell. And every once in a while, I don't preach like this all the time, thank God, but every once in a while, and this is from God. I'm just telling you, just, God gave me this this morning. But I'm just going to tell you that every once in a while we need to be reminded of these things because we are in a fight for our very souls. There are dangers everywhere. There's dangers, there's dangers everywhere. It, there, now, it used to be in old time that you had to go out the front door and there was dangers out there, but dangers are now in the house. Dangers are now in the bedroom. Dangers are now on the nightstand. And danger, the potential for danger is everywhere. Let's just lift our hands and love God. God's able to keep us from falling. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and he's able to keep us from falling. Jesus, I want you more than I want anything in this world, any pleasure, any pursuit, anything, any group of people. I want to be identified with the church of the living God. These are my people. Here in Matthew chapter number 12, this is one of the rarest occasions in the entirety of the Bible where a devil is actually talking to himself. And he's saying, I will return from where I was cast out. Well, where'd you get cast out? Well, I got cast out over at that Cornerstone Church. You know, those people actually believe in this stuff. So I'm going to go back and see what's going on in that container that house, that temple, that vessel. And if it's full, then I know there's not going to be any room for me. I think Brother Kifley preached several weeks ago, and he did such an amazing job. But I think it's time for more prayer, not less prayer. I think it's time for less computer and more prayer. I think it's time for more church and less video games. I think, 
Mom and Dad, can I get you to get with me here tonight? so that your kids can see that you agree with the man of God tonight. You know, part of the big problem is we're trying to get the parents involved and get behind the preaching so the kids can see what a value system is and what really matters. But if you got an attitude against the preacher and you're going to bow up against the preacher, then don't blame your kids for not wanting to live for God. Don't blame your kids for not wanting to listen, listen to the pastor. Don't blame your kids for not wanting to submit. A lot of what we do is for the sake of example. Oh, honey, I got a bee sting. Where? It's on my big toe. I think I'll stay home tonight. And all of a sudden, that brother says, no, no. My teenage son needs to see me get up and go to church even though I got a bee sting. I ain't even doing this for me. If it was just me, I might exercise my preference, but I'm realizing it ain't about me anymore, and I'm not going to send my kid to a counselor, and I'm not going to put him on psychopathic, psychotropic drugs. I'm going to show him what living for God means. I'm going to go whether we, got, whether we got family in town or not. I'm going to show my family the value of going to the house of God because we're dealing with a spirit world. Can I get somebody to clap your hands and give praise unto God? Well, Pastor, I got family here from out of town. Okay. Why don't you why don't you use this as a perfect opportunity to reveal to your family the importance of the house of God and living for God above everything? Is that all right, Elder? Got a lone hallelujah out there somewhere. Just a lonely little hallelujah. This is so real. The more real it will become to you, the more things you're going to see happening. And when you start seeing things happening, you're going to go, why in the world have I just been sitting there while all this has all, all been available to me and all these promises and all this power? Somebody shout right now and give God the praise. All these promises and all this power. I rebuke that spirit of condemnation over something you did in a moment of weakness. I rebuke that spirit of shame that's got you bound like a ball in a chain. The devil knows just how to arrest us and then help us brick by brick. We construct our very own prison house out of the debris of our own failures. He is looking for weakness, and he's looking for emptiness. There are some scriptures that give us some understanding regarding this. Let's go to Matthew chapter number four, starting in verse number one. Matthew four, then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now, this is very important right here.
if the devil sees weakness or emptiness, then you gave him permission. But there are some times that God gives the devil permission. Not to destroy you. See, if you, if, if, you, if you can identify with anything that I'm saying tonight, and you've actually connected some dots in your own spiritual experience, you're going to realize that there's sometimes God lets the devil come at you, but it's not to destroy you. It's to give you more of an understanding of who you are. Come on, man. You're not just a card-carrying organization. You're a tailor-made devil chaser that establishes the kingdom of God. And that's what makes you a threat. Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. There's going to be some times that you're going to be postured just to be tempted. That's not so that you can fail. That's so that you can succeed. Why is it every time we talk about dealing with sin and dealing with the devil that we're automatically dealing with people that have failed? There's got to be people under the sound of my voice that have said no. There's got to be people under the sound of my voice that said never again. There's got to be people under the sound of my voice that said, devil, you might have had yesterday, but you can't have today. There's got to be somebody that's got the victory. There's just got to be. Verse number two. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. You know the story. Jesus completely postured himself so that he would appear to the enemy to be in a posture of disadvantage. He's hungry. He's been, pa- he's been fasting for 40 days. And the very first thing the devil does is said, turn these stones into bread. He, try- he tempted Jesus to abuse his power. But what Jesus did is he quoted the scripture that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. What he didn't understand is that is a quote from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number four. The next scripture, Satan takes him up into the top of the pinnacle of the temple and said, throw thyself down. And Jesus quotes Psalm 91, for it is written, for it is written. All you need to do to overcome the devil, you don't need to, you don't need a 24-hour prayer meeting. You just need to stand on the word of God and say, for it is written for it is written for it is written for it's in Romans 8 for it's in Colossians 2 instead of reaching for pharmaceutical drugs how about reaching for the Bible the last temptation you know the story? Satan, Satan is just leading Jesus, thinking I got this guy right where I want him. Takes him up to the top of a mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world. People in the Colosseum, 
people having riotous living, people caught up with immorality of every shade and every stripe. And Satan says, all this will I give to you if you'll fall down and worship me. Get thee behind me. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shall thou serve. Next verse. Then, read that out loud. Go to Luke chapter four, verse number 13. When the devil had ended, which means these little seasons that you're going to go through, they have a beginning and they have an ending. And the only thing that the devil wants to know are you going to stand on the word? The devil departed from Jesus for a season. Which means he will be coming back. Well, pastor, I was really used preaching in other places and being used of God. Man, wonderful. But what are you going to do the next time the devil comes around? See, we can't rest on the laurels of what we did yesterday and who we were yesterday or who we were in another place or what position we fulfilled in another place. The thing that really matters is right here and right now. The real thing that matters is am I sober? Am I vigilant? Am I full of the things of God? Am I... Oh, come on, let's give God the praise. I think, you, I think you understand where I'm going with this. This is not to put people down. This is to arrest you and let you know how serious this is. Amen. Amen. This word season means occasion, a proper time, an opportunity. Now, the difference between chronos and kairos. Chronos is talking about time chronologically. Kairos is a time that is chosen in the spirit. Pastor, I'm really beat down tonight, and I really need God to do something. Let me encourage you. If you can believe that he loves you and he's for you, everything is within your grasp tonight. Amen. Let's lift our hands and let's give God the prayer. I rebuke some depressed, dejected, 
My God is still on the throne. My God is still in control. What we need are people that say, I'm going to go into my season with some prayer. I'm going to go into a season of fasting. I'm going to go into a season of standing on the book and standing on the word of God. When Satan makes his move, the question is <clears throat> who, who cleans these microphones up? Man, I feel sorry for the next person using this microphone. Dude, he's going to end up in intensive care. Brother Andu the Magnificent, please help us out with these microphones. Andrew the Magnificent's got himself a good job. <laughs> Brother Andrew, stand up, please. This fine specimen of masculinity here tonight. Love this man. I don't want to hear anybody throw rocks at Andu the Magnificent, <clears throat> Brother Jared Marks, and Brother Reggie Sessions. In your face, devil. In fact, I don't want to hear him talk about any of God's children. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. Go and pray about it. I don't want anybody putting down a brother or a sister. I don't want to hear anybody complain about somebody. Find you a place to pray and shut the mouth of the lion. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. That's good preaching. You may be seated. The real question is, at what time does Satan make his move? Can we know it? Can we be prepared? I've already showed you, according to 1 Peter chapter 5, that he's looking for a weakness, a debilitation in your spirituality. And he's looking for emptiness. You can talk to me all night, pastor. There is no devil in my life. And I'll say, well, how come you're having a hard time getting full? We need to get that honest with one another, not in an accusing tone like you're second class. You're never, listen, if you're baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, you ain't never going to be second class. Not in this group of people. Can you folks way over there hear me? If you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, I don't care how down it gets. I don't know how, how far you have walked away. You are never going to be a second class. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are a child of God by a supernatural birth. Don't give me that baloney. That proves you're listening to the devil. 
after pastoring almost 29 years, I've learned a few things. When somebody publicly proclaims that they're going to do something for God, I can guarantee you that the devil is on the move towards your address. I will never forget. I've got more of these stories than I care to even talk about. I will never forget a man that told me in private that he felt all of his life that he was called to be a missionary. And he stood to his feet and actually said that um, many, many years ago. And I watched single-handedly as Satan dismembered that man's testimony until he did things that were reproach and backslid out of the church. And he's still out of the church tonight. I don't think God's happy with that. I don't think we should accept that. When I think of him, I pray for him. <clears throat> I still love him. And nobody will ever know except him and I exactly what happened because he told me in private a bunch of powerful things that he wanted to do in the spirit. Some of you married couples that every once in a while you get to fussing, I want you to understand that you've already made a proclamation that you were gonna do something for God and you were gonna dedicate your marriage and your lives to the things of God. And you're not, you're not, in part, it's because the enemy is trying to stir up strife. What you need to do is get on the same team and realize, you know what? If one can put a thousand to flight, two of us can whip you all over creation. We're gonna make you so sorry that you ever messed with us. We're gonna get on the same team and instead of fighting each other, we're gonna fight the devil. I should not be preaching this hard because I'm still feeling the effects of my. I was going to say age. For about one second, I almost said age. I'm going to tell you what. I came in this thing on fire, and I plan on going out of this thing with a blaze of glory. Amen. We love people. Hey, listen, just because we, just because you got to, if you're going to have a strong church, you got to have strong preaching. This milk toast compromise, willy-nilly, weak need invertebrate revival stuff does not produce godly people. It produces a bunch of weak saints that the minute the devil comes by and whoosh, half the church backslides. The way you get strong is you realize, I've already prayed tonight. There's a spirit of revelation here tonight. God is already revealing to people that the devil's been at work in my backyard, and I'm ready to drive the stakes a little deeper. Hallelujah. If you ever, if you ever... Stand to your feet and say, I'm going to do something for God. I'm, uh, hey, I'm with you. But don't try to call me at 1 o'clock in the morning. Wait till 5 when I get up. Pastor, 
there's something in my house, and it's after me. All right? This is what I want you to do. I want you to go into the living room and get down on your knees. I want you to start calling on the name of Jesus. Well, I did that for about five minutes, and nothing happened. Brothers and sisters... Keep doing it until it works because the Bible tells me that greater. See, that's what the devil wants to happen. We're so trained that if it doesn't happen immediately, I'm going to give up. I'm just going to go ahead and backslide. None of this is true anyway. That is a lying, deceiving spirit. you got to be in this thing so deep and so convinced that you just say it's in the book and that makes sense and that's all I need. Somebody shout. Somebody over there shout. Somebody over here shout. Somebody over here give him praise. In the face of every lying devil. Half the people that backslide, backslide because they were lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And when God didn't move fast enough, it wasn't that God wasn't going to move. It was that God was trying to switch them to a deeper gear. You can't drive a 1,000 miles on a granny gear. you got to have 25 gears on that thing so that you're ready to get out on the open road and say, whether God moves or not, I'm not changing my direction. I'll not move to the left nor to the right. Come on, somebody. That's what produces Strong Christians is when they become convinced that whether God does it tonight or not, he's still God. That book is still real. The Holy Ghost is still real. Speaking in tongues is real. There's only but one God, and his name is Jesus. The devil believes also and trembles. And you got to understand, I was one of these people, if I couldn't get it, now, tonight. That's one of the very first things that God, people coming out of this present world, they got TikTok, they got Tinder, they got all these dating apps, they got all this stuff, they can have instant gratification, they can have anything they want, they can have anything, any flavor, anything. I want it right now, and that's all that matters. There's instant gratification, I can have it right now. And there's sometimes that God's gonna say, Wait. But in that waiting, you are proving. It doesn't matter. My flesh might be roaring and doing everything it can because it feels like I'm addicted to this. But in the spirit, you say you are not in control. God is in control. And I am joining forces with God. That's why some of these young men in this church, they need prayer. Brother Logan over here. Brother Logan is a mighty man of valor. And his day will come. Now I'm just going to, I'm just, I can almost prophesy to you right now. I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost. And I'm not challenging it, but your consecration and dedication needs to be airtight right now. Brother Georgie. Your dedication and your consecration needs to be airtight, watertight, every day, every minute, every second. Why? Because the devil saw 
a whole nother generation that was not afraid to pray, that was not afraid to fast, that was not afraid to believe God, that was not afraid to obey God. In fact, stand with me right now and let's lift our hands and let's pray for this entire next generation that wants to be used to God. Come on, lift your voice. By the authority of the name of Jesus, God, I pray for a hedge of protection. I pray for your strength. I pray for your word. I pray for your spirit. God, keep your hand on the next generation. I'm in peace in my spirit because I see in the next generation, not just in this church, but across the United States, that there is a generation coming up that loves this message and loves the word of God and loves the things of God. They are not ashamed. They are not afraid. They are not humiliated. Come on, mom and dad, help us pray right now. Come on. Well, they're not my kids. If you'll pray for their kids, somebody will pray for your kids. God, pray for everyone by the authority of the name of Jesus. All right, you may be seated. If you ever make a public proclamation, Satan is on the move. I'd even like to take that farther to a guy that just prays back through and says, I'm going to live for God now. Real repentance has to be proven. Let me tell you how you test and prove real repentance. You're tempted. Temptation reveals that your repentance was not just for a night. And not just for a weekend, and not just for a day, and not just for a month, but it's forever. It's ironclad. I might slip, but I'm not going back. I might make a mistake, but rejoice, not over me, mine enemy, for when I fall. I'm not going to act like I ain't got the anointing. I'm not going to act like I'm second class. I'm not going to act like I can't live for God. I'm going to jump back up and keep on running. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the devil is going to test repentance. He is on the move. When the church as a whole begins to move forward, there's always a demonic attack against that congregation.
Some of this, I'm doing my very best to articulate it, but it's just, it's just, it's just a reality. I remember one of our buildings that we had about about a year before we started moving. We started losing people. I thought, what is going on? I started. I really got down to business, started seeking God, and this is what God said. God said, I'm not looking for quantity right now. I'm looking for quality. Because when you get into that new building, we want to start with a foundation that I can add to. I got more stories. I don't even want to get into all this. Any real, true, anointed man of God is going to operate on far less publicly than what he really knows personally. I'm just amazed sometimes. But see, the devil has already tried to mark some trees and say, that one's mine. Yeah, they're there, but that one's mine. That one's there, mine. That one's mine. There has to be something in you that says, I am not going to hell. Why would I sit around a church, if it's not this one, another one, you fill in the blank. Why would I give my life to that and then spend an eternity of burning and twisting and writhing with no hope of another chance? Why would I do that? There has to be something in you that says, I am not. And I want to tell you something. If people backslide out of this church, that's when this church should start praying. We ain't go- I want to serve notice on hell because hell's listening tonight. We ain't letting go of nobody. They're out there on a tether. But I'm telling you, we ain't letting go of nobody. We're going to keep that prayer alive. We're going to keep our faith alive. We're going to keep our hope alive and give God something to work with. Somebody clap your hands and lift your voice. We're not letting go of anybody. A church like this is going to be a church that's going to be under attack. A church like this is going to be the kind of a church that is going to be under attack. And we're not the only one. They're all over, they're all over the place, thank God. But we are here to do business. We are here to do damage. We're not here to have a fashion show. We're not here to see how close we can get to royalty. We're not here to play any kind of humanistic game to fulfill some unregenerated need in my life. We're not here to live vicariously through our children because I never did anything, so I want my kids to be something. No, 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 no. We're here to see God use us to win our world. Man, I'm just now getting in the Holy Ghost. I'm just now getting to where I can really do damage to the enemy. Somebody clap your hand. See if the, if I can get you to work with me, we'll do damage together. When you just sit back. 
That's all the devil needs to say. It ain't flowing there. It ain't flowing there. It ain't moving there. It ain't moving there. But if you and I are moving together, we are reverberating out of this building. We are reverberating to another place. We are reverberating to a house. You are reverberating to an apartment. You are reverberating to a life. You got to get a revelation. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. When somebody gives themselves to sin, go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 2. When you give yourself to sin, the enemy... You have just given him permission. It's still measured. Stay with me. I'm not talking possession. I'm not talking obsession. I'm talking about when you sin, you're allowing that spirit to now open up a door. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Don't turn there, but in 1 John it talks about he that committeth sin is of the devil. That is because when you start committing sin, I'm not talking about, listen to me, everybody listening? There is a difference between a slip up and a relapse. I want to explain this. There is a difference between a slip and a relapse. A slip is an isolated incident in a moment of weakness. But you have to be quick to get back up on your feet. Is this all right? Is this all right? There's a big difference between a slip and a relapse. But when you relapse, you lost your momentum. You're back where you started. You're at the starting line again. put away all those ugly programs and spirits on social media and you go back to them in a moment of weakness and you don't take them off your phone, you relapsed. You lost everything that you gained. When you slip, you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning, which is exactly why the Bible said that a righteous man falls. No, just once, right? There's some people that say, you got to be perfect. you got to be perfect or God's going to hit you and God's going to hit you so hard, you're going to have a watermelon head. <laughs> when people call me up and say, Pastor, I slipped, I said, let's pray. Father, by the authority of the name of Jesus, let ministering spirits encircle this life so that the spirit of shame and condemnation does not give, cause him to give up hope. But when you relapse, you went all the way back. You running with the devil, Van Halen, all over again. 
I'm in the Holy Ghost tonight because this pastor loves you. I want to look back there in a year and see more people in that pew, but I want to see you there. I want to see you in that pew six months from now. You know how that's going to happen? That's going to happen from you being vigilant and sober and understanding that your actions, your words, your thoughts, your motives, your desires can literally bring the enemy on the move to you. There are some people we're praying, fasting for, that it will actually take God to arrest and silence the filthy spirits that have a control of people's lives because they've invited them in. Because we're made in the image of God, God is not going to violate our will. And when my will says, I want this, God's going to say, go ahead. But if he's got a praying mama and he's got a praying daddy, at some point, God's got to look at the devil and say, stand back. Give him a thought, a back home. Give him a memory of the Father's house. And get him out of that pig pen and start him on the road back to daddy's house. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Our own actions, Brother David, give the enemy permission. Repentance pushes him away. A prayer life drives him away. If we submit yourselves, therefore, to God, then what? You cannot resist the devil until you're submitted to God. And when that becomes a lifestyle, there ain't no devils around. Draw nigh unto God and... Just this section here that all graduated from Bible Quizzing University. If I draw nigh to God... We'll let you off tonight. Hallelujah. Let's talk about when God gives permission. You would think a guy like Job would never have to worry about the devil. Perfect integrity, sacrificing even for his kids. That was the one thing the devil wanted. The, devil, the devil's not looking for people that are living a double life. The devil's looking for people he can't have. The devil is not interested in going into a bar and saying, I got all you guys. He, he already has them. The devil wants people like some of you that are sitting here tonight that your yay is yay and your nay is nay. There's no artifice. There's no duplicity. You're the one he wants. No artificiality. 
no fakery. God gave the devil permission to go after Job. Job never did understand until he was probably in God's presence what really happened. Paul, God granted the enemy permission to attack the apostle Paul. Why? For the abundance of revelations. Oh, wow. Man, I got all these brownie points and I got to fight all these devils. But Paul turned the tables on the devil when he said, all right, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the grace of God may light upon me and for when I am weak, then am I. He completely, even, even though the devil was not going, he said, God, I've cast the devil out of people. I've seen people healed. I've cast the devil out of people. I've seen the devil completely removed out of geographical regions, and you won't get him out of my life. Nope. Paul didn't backslide. Paul didn't get on social media and put the church down, put the pastor down, put his parents down, put the gospel down, put the doctrine down, put everybody down. He said, you know what? All right. God, I know you've already got a bigger purpose in this for me, so I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Isn't that really what the problem is? We don't trust God. Man, I've been through some deals. Oh, I can't even begin to tell you this stuff. I'm just minding my own business, trying to do the will of God. Sometimes devils will come in the, in the figure of family members. I'm getting back up here where I'm safe. I'll say that. Where's security tonight? Uh, these dudes are sitting down. Guy jumped up here with a big Bowie knife. You guys couldn't even stop him. I'm not talking about your saved family members. Is this all right? I've been around the block a few times. Ladies and gentlemen, I just, I just know a few things. And I'm telling you, sometimes unregenerated family can sometimes have experienced it firsthand. What did I do? Did I, did I backslide? Did I go back to alcohol? Did I get back on drugs? Did I complain? Did I... Moan and groan, did I find a good psychiatrist where I can at least lay down once a week on a leather couch? Did I? No. I just prayed. I remember one time I went through a very, very, very demonically, I, I just knew the devil was there. And I told God, thank you. Thank you. Let's pray for our ambassadors. Devil, you can't have them. They're doing a good work. Man, they volunteered to be used in the house of God, build a hedge of protection around the impervious, impenetrable. In the name of Jesus. 
All right, I need to wrap this up. And I remember, I could feel it coming. And I remember I was sitting in my backyard, and I said, God, I don't want to go through this. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me as clear as I'm talking to you and said, you're going through it. Because what we don't comprehend is the future. See, if the devil can trip you up and make you do something stupid, it's going to directly affect the future. And this culture is really bad at giving preeminence to the present. The old timers used to give great credence and credibility to the future. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. All about the future. You just get up and keep hitting it every day. Why? Because of the future. You just get up and keep hitting it every day. Why? Because of the rapture. You just get up and keep hitting it every day. Why? Because you got kids. You just get up and keep hitting it every day. It's all about the future. It's not about what you're getting out of it right now. It's not about comfort. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to preach. This has got so many spiritual applications. It's all about the future. And if you endure, if you endure this, then you're going to obtain a reward and obtain fulfilling the will of God in your future. You kidding? We were in that second building way over there on Sprague. If we would have, if I would have done something really stupid and selfish, we wouldn't be sitting in this room tonight. There's some people who wouldn't even be saved tonight. That's right. That's right. That is the damage that the devil wants to do in a person's life to thwart the future. Simon. Now, I love Simon Peter. I feel just like Simon Peter sometimes. Oh, Jesus, all the rest of these guys are losers. I'll never give up on you. Man, he was ready to throw the whole crew under the bus, even his brothers. These guys over here, they're a bunch of, they're a bunch of ding-dongs. They're going to they're gonna bail out on you the minute that the Roman soldier shows up. But I'm with you forever. Simon, can I paraphrase this for you? Simon, Satan's wanted you for a long time. Why, Jesus? Well, in Matthew chapter 14, he was the only one that had enough guts to get out of the boat. You are the only human being in history that walked on water. He experienced a dimension of the supernatural before it was even available to mortality. Okay, Lord, yeah, I remember that. You're the only human being that ever, you got the very first revelation ever given from my father. For flesh and blood is not revealed unto me, unto you, but my father which is in heaven. Peter was the only one that got that revelation that Jesus was the Christ. So Lucifer said, 
He's experienced the supernatural, and he receives revelation. That's the one I want. Simon, I'm going to let him have you. I thought Jesus loved me. What am I doing sitting in the emergency room? Well, how can Jesus reach that doctor that's been crying in the middle of the night unless some guy ends up in that emergency room with a little, cur- a little cloth curtain and all of a sudden he says, well, you know, man, we really need God right now. And you perk up and say, well, I know a little about that. I'm trying. I'm trying to get to where comfortable, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm in the 21st century just like you are. I love walking into a store and seeing 50 different kind of brands of cheese. The Biden administration is trying to tell me that cheese is going to go bye-bye. No, I think Biden needs to go bye-bye. Can I get a witness from somebody in the back 40 back there? This current administration is so out of touch with hardworking Americans. And I am not running for this office, but I approve of this message. (laughs) Peter, you've had all these good things, man. You got the keys to the kingdom. You got a name change. He was the first disciple to get a name change. Are you getting this? Peter was at the head of the class. And Jesus said, I'm going to let him, I'm going to give him permission. Now this sifting comes from an architect or agricultural term, which means winnowing, which means to separate. The devil wanted to take him apart and reveal what a flake he really was. And David, or I'm sorry, Peter had imperfect character. Jesus let Satan sift Peter. He saw Peter's failure, but he never gave up on Peter because he knew that this experience, and I'm praying, I'm praying that you're not, you're going to go through this, but I'm praying that when you come through, you don't lose your faith. It doesn't affect your spirit. It doesn't affect your view of God. It doesn't affect the keys that are in your hand because we're going to be using those, Peter, in about 40 days and, and it's not going to affect your love for me and it's not going to affect the promises that are in you and you're not going to forget about the water that was under your feet and you're not going to forget about that spirit that moved on you and gave you illumination about the identity. There's all kinds of people under the sound of my voice. This is where I've wanted to be all night. Why did God call a cussing, denying, lying preacher to preach the most important message 
that humanity ever heard. Why? And on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter number two, now when they heard that Jesus was both Lord and Christ, they were pricked, they were convicted in their hearts. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? <laughs> Peter, we failed. Any hope for us? I know just how you feel, boys. Because just a few days ago, I denied him. But if you'll repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of... Let's stand. Let's clap our hands and give God the praise. Ladies and gentlemen, Satan is making his move. Come on, let's lift our hands and give God the praise. It takes one to know one. And let me tell you, Satan did not tempt Peter to deny Jesus. If you think that's where Satan was in the equation, let me correct you. That was Peter. Satan went to work after he failed and engulfed him with condemnation and engulfed him with humiliation and shame. There is nothing more debilitating to the human spirit than humiliation and shame. But Jesus was praying, Peter, don't listen to those voices. Because I told you, you're going to need to strengthen your brethren. I got a plan for you. I saw you coming through this failure. I saw you coming through this chapter. I saw you coming through this period. I saw you coming through this mess. I saw you coming through this. Peter, I'm praying. Just keep making it to church. Just keep going to the prayer room. Just keep believing God. Just don't give up, Peter. I see your purpose. I see your purpose beyond your failure. Musicians come, or just one musician, a tuba player, a trombonist, a xylophonist. I wonder if there's a Peter here tonight that in the shadows you're messing up. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. And his prayers are stronger than the voice of condemnation. His prayers are stronger than the voice of humiliation. His prayers are stronger than our failures. Let's lift our hands and give God the praise. I'm done. You know, this altar is open tonight. There might be somebody that said, oh, man. I know the devil's been eating my lunch. I need, to, I need to get a hold of God right now. Come on, this altar's open. Wherever you are, you're greatly loved. 
You're greatly admired of God. Let's give him praise.